Seinfeld, the parking space is over, but we're just getting started here on Seinfeld, the post-show recap, a podcast about nothing. And now, here are the two guys who never go in head first. I'm Rob Testerino. Here's Akiva Winokur. Akiva, how are you? Good. I thought you were going to say never go to a flea market, because that would be true also. So much flea market stuff happening on Seinfeld in season three. Uh, maybe like the early 90s was peak flea market time. It may have been peak flea market time. Um, of course, anytime I think is peak flea market time. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've clearly probably never been to a flea market. But you I'll, think I'll they have fleas there. there, don't you? No, I'm not. I'm not. You know, I'm not George. <laughs> All right. We're talking about the parking space and we will try to... <laughs> And the age-old debate of do you park, of do you back in or do you go front in when you find a parking spot on the street? I'm sure Akiva can lend some insight into that. Plus, uh, we'll talk about everything from this, uh, the penultimate episode here in season three of Seinfeld. Uh, yeah, season three. I feel like we started this in the 80s. No, I really do feel like this went by fast. I mean, we started this right around, uh, I remember the first episode was when I was back in New York in October. So it was like first week of October, we started this. And now here we are uh, heading into March 2015. For those of you guys listening uh, deep into the future. And uh, look, as as you know, uh, 20 weeks later, here we are. Yeah, I mean, this is the first real season, so it's. I guess it's been fun to go through all of season three. Yeah, Keith Hernandez thing was a two-parter, so we got a, a, a week shorter on our count. But uh, yeah, we are, you know, honest to goodness, we did it. Are we done? No, no, we're not done. Uh, okay. <laughs> still, got a lot of, still got a long ways to go. Anyway, uh, Akiva, how are you doing this week? Uh, I'm doing well. I'm, the truth is, I am a little bummed out. I'm not sure if you're going to even know what I'm talking about, but the... But, uh, you know, I'm not a very sensitive guy. You, people could probably tell. I don't usually, you know, care about almost anything. My wife says I have no feelings. But I was really sad in this week that um, one of my favorite podcasters passed away. Who's uh, that? The, the great Harris Whittles. Oh, what podcast does he do? So he did, um, he was probably one of the most common guests on uh, Comedy Bang Bang. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he had his own podcast that was uh, only sporadic with Scott Aukerman called Analyze Fish, where Harris, uh, like to talk about fish and he would try and convince people to like the band fish, which is fruitless because fish is horrible. Yes. But it was very funny. And he was just, and he wrote on parks and recreation, Sarah Silverman show he's bound and down and he was only 30. So he had like an incredible sort of uh, amount of, you know, out output already. And, yeah. Uh, you know, he was hired when he was 21. He was already like a staff writer on sitcoms. Yeah, I actually uh, do know who you're talking about now. I saw the articles uh, this week. Yeah. Very sad. Very, uh, very young guy. Uh Yeah. Uh, it's uh, yeah, thirty. Yeah, so it uh, it hit it close to home. I was very, you know, that's uh, podcasting is like a very intimate medium. You know, like I've never met him. I don't know anybody who knows him. But it was, you know, I was much more sad than like people. You know, even if it was like, you know, like a second cousin or something. A sad fact. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. So um, yeah, sad news uh, this week. Of of course. Um, did you watch the Parks and Rec finale? Not to uh, spoil anything about that, but did you like um, it? Uh, I'm a. I'm going to watch it probably later tonight. Okay. All right. I haven't gotten to it. All right. So let's uh, go ahead. Akiva, do you have any news for us this week on the Seinfeld podcast? Um. Yes. Um. Well, I guess I'll go with the most time sort of sensitive because I've got a bunch of things. But uh, the uh, did you see the movie American Sniper, Rob? I did not. So um, I know what it is, though. Right. So the true story about the actual case of yes. American Sniper, the the guy, the Amer- American Sniper's name was uh Chris Kyle. 
And he was, uh, I don't want to spoil the movie, but I guess it's real life, so you can talk about it, right? Sure. Um, so he, so Chris Kyle um, was a, you know, an, an elite sniper in the army who used to, when he got, when he got back, would sort of rehabilitate maybe other uh, army uh, vets who had PTSD. And then one of them ended up uh, shooting him in the head and killing him. Okay. So um, this guy is on trial and the trial, uh, I think, is ending up uh, today or very soon. And his name is uh, Eddie Ray Ruth, uh, or Routh, R-O-U-T-H. Okay. And, um, and so in the trial today, uh, and I know there's a morbid subject, but it, it is Seinfeld related. Um, in the trial today, so he was, he's trying to claim insanity. And so they had two forensic psychologists testify. Uh, and one of his statements they made trying to prove that he's ins- insane and I'll, I'll quote from the New York Times here. He said he believed that people around him were half pig, half, half human, and that his coworkers at a cabinet shop were cannibals who wanted to cook and eat him. Yes. So uh, the forensic psychologist testified that Mr. Routh's statements about pig people may have come not from psychosis, but from television shows, including an episode of Seinfeld and a reality show called Boss Hog. I've never heard of Boss Hog. <laughs> Two of Mr. Routh's favorite programs. Wow. So are you saying that watching Seinfeld could lead to insanity? Like Serenity well, only pig, Now? Only the Pigman episode. Okay. All right. Well, well, we'll have to put a disclaimer on that one. I was wondering, where is this going? What is the turn that this is going to take? Yeah. But uh, yeah, so I just saw that today and... Um, uh, it, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, he, 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 you know, he blamed the pig man. I mean, it's not my favorite episode, but I, you know. Yeah. Do they touch on he, that in the movie? The pig man episode? Yeah. No, you know, it's not, you don't really see him till the last scene. You don't okay. see the, the killer. Okay. All right. He's not a character in the movie. All right. So, Kiva, uh, what else happened in Seinfeld-related news this week? Okay, you want something a little brighter? Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, actually, Travis Almendinger sent me this. I also saw it on the Seinfeld Reddit. Uh, make sure to say nice things about us on the Seinfeld Reddit. Yes, um, we appreciate it. Uh, uh, so a guy um, actually watched the uh, Seinfeld on TBS and compared it to watching Seinfeld um, on his DVD. And he, did, and he discovered, and no one had figured this out, but they've been doing this for years, that TBS actually speeds up Seinfeld 7.5% to gain an extra two minutes of commercial ad time. <laughs> So the episodes on TBS are actually going by faster. Yeah. They, so if you watch it, so he had, there's a YouTube video where he puts them side by side. They're each on half the screen and you can see that the, it's like flying. It's crazy. <laughs> wow. I need to go back and take a look at that. Um, what is the most noticeable way to see that? It's sort of like, I guess uh, this is like when uh, you are sort of like need, you're in a dream and you need to like tell that you're dreaming. How can you spot that Seinfeld is moving faster than it's supposed to be? Yeah, it's a good question. I, I'm, I am curious how he figured it out. I guess we could put a link to it on the uh, on this episode. Do you um, spin a top? And if the top is spinning too fast, then you know that you're watching Seinfeld uh, sped up too much. I heard that time is a flat circle. <laughs> yes. So I'm not sure. Okay. <laughs> so let's take a look uh, and see if there's any noticeable episodes where that happens. All right. Uh, anything else from the Seinfeld news this week? I think that's enough for this week. That's a lot of news. All right. So let's get into it and let's go back to April 22nd of 1992 and talk about this. The 22nd episode of season three written by Larry David and Greg Daniels. 
Yeah, Greg Daniels. This is the first episode he wrote. Uh, I guess for people who don't know, Greg Daniels is a, is a pretty legendary comic writer. Yeah. Uh, he, must have been, he must have been pretty young. Uh, I guess he was, he was, yeah, he was about 30 years old, 29 years old when this happened. Yes. Uh, what else is he most famous for? I guess The, the Office. office. And, 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 and I believe he was also the non-managing sort of partner on Parks and Recreation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he has a extensive career, but I guess uh, it all got started here, right? Uh, yeah, everything he, he has, he owes to the uh, parking spot. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm not exactly sure if that is the case. I see he has writing credits on SNL and The Simpsons. So uh, possibly those things could have uh, predated uh, his work on Seinfeld. It's possible. Yes. Uh, all right. So let's go ahead and uh, get into this episode. And it starts off with, I think, uh, a rather famous uh, piece of Jerry's stand-up, which is talking about the compact cars. Uh, people wear, uh, don't have to wear compact jeans, and their ass is hanging out. Yeah. Do they? Have you ever seen a compact car-only spot? Oh, yeah. They have that a lot out here. I don't ever, I mean, maybe I'm just oblivious, but I don't ever remember seeing something like that in New York. Yeah, it might just be a, either an LA thing or a West Coast thing or a California thing. But uh, I mean, there is still to this day, there are, you know, all over the place and nobody really pays attention to it. Right. But I, I would, would, do you get a ticket if you park in a, no, a non-compact car? No, it's a not really a law. Spot? It's just like, um, it's sort of like, you know, like the speed limit, like inside like a mall parking lot. Like, I don't think you can really get a ticket. Like, Hey, you were going 15 in a five mile an hour zone. You know, it's just like suggested, I think. I mean, it's almost like now, like at very, you know, a lower, much lower percentage of cars are compact. So yeah, you you almost need the op. You want the opposite. Yeah, have you seen the thing where a lot of people like are sort of like shame, like park shaming people? And this is actually a good episode to talk about this. It's like a thing where I feel like you know if somebody like parks like an a hole, like people will post on like Instagram and like Facebook, like check out this guy's parking, and you could basically like do whatever you want. Like you could like post the guy's license plate. Like you basically in 2015 just have license to do whatever you want to somebody who parks like a jerk uh yeah i have seen a little of that i feel like it never gets back to the person though so i'm not sure how effective it is (laughs) yeah we should probably talk about this more when we get to uh when they park in the handicap spot but i think that it's really like you see like all the time like people like uh like you know seven letters that people left on people's parking spaces who parked in a crazy way so you you better stay in the lines people Rob is reading a lot of BuzzFeed articles these days. Yeah, yeah, that's a big topic on there. All right, so let's get into the episode. And uh, it starts off with Jerry and Kramer. And Kramer comes in and he wants to know where Jerry's car is because Jerry, wherever Jerry normally parks his car, it's not there. And it's killing Kramer to not know what's going on. Yeah, do you think Kramer ever just takes Jerry's car for a spin and Jerry doesn't know about it? No, I don't think so. Because I, I mean, I believe Kramer has his own car. I mean, it's always that Elaine has to borrow Jerry's car. I'm not sure why George needed to borrow Jerry's car in this episode. Haven't we established in previous episodes that George has a car? Yeah, George has a car. Uh, Jerry has a car, and Kramer has a car when they need him to have a car. <laughs> yeah, like in like in the uh, parking garage. Elaine does not have a car, so I'm not sure why we established in this episode that George had to borrow Jerry's car. It's also worth pointing out, by the way, at the beginning of this episode, I guess something to pay attention to. Um, even though this is the second to last episode of season three, it was actually uh, filmed as the last episode. This is technically the, what was supposed to be the season finale. Hmm. That's interesting because I feel like the season finale is kind of a cliffhanger. 
Right, which is, I, I don't know uh, what their full intentions were, because right? the, se- the season finale is uh, very connected to uh, the beginning of season four, because Kramer goes to L.A. in the season finale. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know, maybe if they just filmed it for logistical reasons. Um, but I, I, I do feel like a little bit when they have like everyone kind of just like uh, hanging out on the street, that maybe that was like a little finale-ish, when they have just have like random characters like Newman and Sid popping up. You know, that's fair. Um, as far as this conversation, Kramer really needs to know where Jerry's car is and Jerry won't tell him. And he basically wants Kramer to beg him to find out where the car is. I, I like when Jerry says, like, uh, it would kill you if I didn't tell you. Yeah, I don't know. Why does Kramer care so much? I think he's just a busybody. Just like the whole thing where, you know, we talked about with the woman in the blue sweatpants where, hey, did you hear what happened to her? And, and she did this. Like, he just needs to be in everybody's business. Like, him and Newman are like the, not only the building, but like the block gossip people. It is true. And I guess like the people who have the least going on are probably the people who gossip the most. Yeah. So he's, you know, he has no job. So he's got nothing to do but worry about everyone else's problems all day. Yeah. And so he finds out that it was George and Elaine went to the flea market and they didn't ask him. And Kramer's very insulted about this. I feel like Kramer, this was a weird thing for Kramer to be upset about. Like, I feel like Kramer doesn't care about anything. It was odd that he was so slighted about this. Yeah. I mean, Kramer doesn't have a storyline in this episode other than being upset about not being included. Yeah. So I, I feel like, and you know, the episode was already like a little tight probably for time. So I, I do feel like this was a stretch just to include him. Yeah. And I did like, but I thought it was very mean when Jerry and Kramer are talking about this and <laughs> Kramer's asking like, uh, well, why wouldn't they like me? Do you think they don't like me? And <laughs> Jerry said, I don't like you. Yeah. And, but he was joking. Was he? I think so. I, I think maybe he doesn't like, maybe it's, I love you, but I don't like you. I'm not sure. Hmm. I couldn't really tell. All right. So we cut back to George and Elaine uh, driving. George is wearing uh, the hat. What do you think of George's fedora that he picked up at the flea market? Yeah, it's calling a little too much attention to himself. You think so? I mean, if I was a lady, I'd probably rather see a head of, you know, a bald head than, than that hat. He talks about how he would love to wear the hats all the time. And then him and Elaine are talking about how in the, was it the 20s or the 30s? That, I think she uh, says the 20s and the 30s. 20s and the 30s. That, that was really a, uh, an age where you could wear a hat all the time. It was a bald man's paradise. Uh, yeah, it would have been much better to be bald 100 years ago. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, that George, he won't wear the hat all the time also because he's afraid of the look that women will give him once he takes the hat off, which sets up a, uh, a funny moment in the episode later on. Uh, yeah, this is a good setup for, for later, but um, not digging the hat. Yeah. All right. Um, what do you think of Elaine's sunglasses? I, I, like, I think Elaine looks very good in this episode, actually. Whoa. Akiva. Well, <laughs> I, I mean, I think I did say in an early episode that Julie Louis Dreyfus kind of gets better looking uh, like almost every year for the whole show and then like for 15 years after the show. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's just like natural or if, or if you know, she made, you know, tens of millions of dollars and had work done. But, hmm. but uh, I, f- I feel like she consistently gets better looking as the show goes on. All right. Well, as she's trying on the sunglasses, she adjusts the mirror. And I don't really understand the mechanics of what goes on here. That George, like, goes to look at the mirror, but somehow he hits a pothole. Like, I feel like the pothole's in front of you. If anything, like, did you follow exactly how this happened? I think they were just trying to play it off as as like she distracted him. Like he just looked at what she was doing and not that he needed the mirror, I think he was saying, but that, you know, she threw him off his game. 
Okay. But it was very shoddily edited. Like, you know, you're like, what, did they get into a car accident? And then they're like flashing back and forth, you know, back to uh, Jerry and Kramer in the apartment. Yeah. All right. So we go back to Kramer and Jerry and Kramer's still pissed. I like this line that he says about how uh, Kramer says he's like ice. He says, if he doesn't like you, you've got problems. Yeah, I don't know. Is is that like if ice doesn't like you, you don't have... uh then, then you're in trouble. Yeah, I think Ice doesn't like me. That's why I live on the West Coast. I have a friend named Ice. I hope he likes. You me. have a friend named Ice. Well, it's his last name. That well, that's even better. Yeah, but it's E I S. It's not I C. Uh, not as good. Okay, <laughs> not as good. But every time he walks into the room, you could play like the do 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 song. Yeah, um, that's probably gets old. Uh, I'm sure. It, like by the time he was in kindergarten, it got old. <laughs> All right. So Kramer, uh, he invited this guy, uh, Mike Moffa. Uh, where do we know Mike Moffa from? Uh, the actor? Well, I was talking about the actual guy. Who, how was he a mutual friend of Jerry and Kramer? Well, so we've never seen him before. I th- what are the, how does his last name pronounce? Maybe Moffitt? I thought it was Moffa. We, we could probably find out uh, for sure about that. Yeah, I'll find out for sure. But the, the, um, the, we don't, we've never seen him before. I also, I've, and I've mentioned this before, it always bothers me when like Jerry and Kramer have a friend that that George and Elaine have never met. Doesn't that seem unlikely to you? Mm-hmm. Um, like what? The only way that it would be <laughs> feasible is if like he used to live in the building. Um, right. Or but he's a friend it, of Kramer that comes by a lot and he somehow is like in the apartment from time to time. I could see that it. Is- that is possible, but I, I feel like... It would be like, weirder if it was a person that Kramer and George knew and Jerry didn't. Yeah, that's almost an impossible combination. Yeah. Um, right, and, and he seems to know them pretty well, and George is like, never, you know, seemed to have never even heard of this guy. Um, in terms of Mike, um, the, you know, we've never seen him before. We see him again like four years later in the Susie when they, when they break, when he's in the car trunk, they break his thumbs and he thinks they're going to kill him when Jer- Jerry and Elaine are talking about something else and he's in the trunk of the car. <laughs> okay. Uh, that's the only other time we, uh, we hear or see of Mike again. All right. Yeah. Uh, the actor's name is uh, Lee Arenberg. Uh, he's just credited as Mike, unfortunately. So we don't know if he's Maffa or Moffat. Uh, yeah. I, I, he seems like a that guy also. Like, I feel like I know him from a lot of things, but I can't pin down one of them. What about yeah, you? Yeah, he's got an extensive IMDb. I'm looking at his page right now. Uh, currently, he's on uh, Once Upon a Time. He's been in 36 episodes of Once Upon a Time. I guess he plays Grumpy slash Leroy. Uh, and then I'm trying to see what else uh, he's best known for. I guess he's he was in the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. Maybe he was like one of those guys on the ship. I don't yeah, know. I don't, one I don't one recognize guys. him. He's been in pretty much all the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. And, and Arliss, he's still with us. Arliss, yes. Oh, the great Arla. One really one of the forgotten shows. <laughs> as as it should be. <laughs> Wait, are you saying we're not doing Arliss after we're finished no, Seinfeld? No, no. We have we have not. to make we have to make a list one day. I think so far we have Welcome Back Cotter, <laughs> the the nanny. Uh, we'll let people vote. We'll let yeah, people, people vote. will vote. I, I feel like Arliss has to be on the list at least. Okay, it's on it's on the list, but it's not getting any votes. Uh, unless people are like trying to punish me if like uh it would be sort of like a like a flash mob type thing if people just wanted to mess with me and make us podcast about Arliss. It is funny because um like HBO now is the best channel. Yeah. You know, and you you almost assume that any show that comes on HBO is like worthy of your time, but like they used to have shows like Arliss. 
Yeah, there there would be a good episode of Arliss every once in a while, but it would just be like, you know, the TV situation like in the late 90s was really dire. Like it was not nearly as good. Like there's a wealth of great TV to watch at this point in time and all these different ways to watch it. it at that point in time, it was just like, ah, I guess there's nothing else on. Yeah, Arliss you watch it shows because they were on. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Arliss it is. Hey, it's not TV. It's HBO. Let's do it. Okay. It's barely HBO. It's barely HBO. All right. So uh, that so Mike uh, thinks Jerry is a phony. And I don't know why this bothers Jerry so much. Well, it's just weird. Like if it was a random person, fine. But he appears to be Jerry's friend. And he's invited over to watch the boxing match with them. Mm-hmm. So like, why is he, you know, like coming to someone ha- someone's house who he doesn't like, who he's insulting on the phone on the way over? Yeah, I just think that Kramer is a gossip. Um, I mean, and this is bad on Kramer for betraying the confidence of of Mike and saying something to Jerry about it. Well, listen, we, we've established in the last few weeks, if we've learned nothing else, that Kramer is a horrible friend. <laughs> but is Jerry a phony? No, Jerry is exactly, Jerry is very simple. Jerry is exactly who he says he is. Yeah, Jerry is not, a. George is a phony, if anything. Uh, Jerry, like, if he doesn't like somebody, like, he can barely contain himself, and he, like, really can't pretend for anything. Yeah, like, they would never even ask Jerry to go to the flea market because they know, oh, Jerry wouldn't even want to go. Yeah, so Jerry's not a phony. Mike Moff is really off on that. And if he was a phony, he would be able to hide the fact that he was mad about Mike calling him a phony. Right. I mean, he is a liar, Jerry. Let's not like, you know, saint him. <laughs> He's not but, a phony. Uh, yeah, but in terms of phony, in terms of like pretending to be someone you're not, that's not Jerry. Yeah. All right. So ultimately, there's a reversal about this because uh, Kramer mentions what Mike said about him and Jerry really wants to know. I think Kramer plays this off very funny after Jerry's thing about like, uh, you know, you have to beg for it when uh, they say like, I'm begging you. Like, see, you're not actually begging. Yeah, he wants him to beg. Yeah, he wants him to beg. And so finally, ultimately, uh, Kramer tells him what Mike said. All right. So Elaine and George uh, pull up and find a spot. Finally, Elaine wants to park the car in the garage. But uh, George ultimately says he wants to look for spots and then the dream spot and then move out in concentric circles. Um, Akiva, what's your take on this? Would you ever pay for parking? Yeah, I do hear what he's saying because, first of all, it really adds up. Like, it's super expensive to pay for parking in New York City. Yeah. And you'll hear, like, stories in the paper sometimes about a guy paying, like, six figures just for a parking spot mm-hmm. by his building. Um, but uh, I, you know, in the seven or eight years I lived in Manhattan, I can't remember how many times I paid for parking. It was very few. Very few. Are you against I would rather it? circle for a half hour. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I, just, I thought it was very funny. I don't re- remember this line from previous, uh, previously seeing this episode, but George compares paying for parking like prostitution. He says, you know, why should I pay for something if I just go out there and apply myself that I might be able to get for free? Yeah, it is a good line. <laughs> it's very good. All right. So uh, and at this point, also, the car is making noise. They need to figure out uh, what they're going to do. And so... George finds a spot and he kind of monologues a bit here. Um, and as we know from the movies, uh, you never want to monologue for too long. Yeah, right. If you right in any show or movie, if you're talking too long, something's going to come out of the blue and hit you in the face or 
something bad's going to happen. Yeah. So George is going on and on about how he, you know, should be paid to do parallel parking. Um, again, it's funny that Sid is here in this episode because uh, I think Sid would argue with George uh, that he should be paid to uh, be a parallel parker, make do a, have a living as a parallel parker. Um, and he has all this knowledge and he can't pass it on. It's instinctual. And as he's trying to pull in, here comes uh, Mike Maffa from behind, and he is going to be going in headfirst. Uh, yeah, and I guess this is really ultimately what the episode boils down to, the headfirst versus the backing. Yeah. Now, Akiva, have you ever been in a situation like this where you're fighting with one person over a spot? Yes, many times in the city. Yeah, and how does it normally go? I, I'm, you know, I was trying to think of one like particular example, but I feel like it was so long ago. But I do remember like my wife almost getting into like like a fight with a guy. Um, basically, I think she was, you know, doing something similar. Yeah. And maybe he, you know, he sort of, you know, like, de- like you know, delaying actually moving to the spot. And he c- kind of tried to take it. And then she was gonna um, take it. But he's like, okay, fine. But he kind of implied that like the car wouldn't have wheels anymore by the morning if she took it. Hmm. And it was like right by our house also. Um, so I, I I think it was like, okay, it's not worth it at this point. Yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, there were, there were some parking arguments. Uh, you know, if two people spot at the same time or a guy, like a, a, someone will come out of the car and you'll be like, uh, like, oh, hey, like I'm going to take your spot. But then there's somebody else who's kind of like sitting on the, cause you don't know, would you sit on the street, Rob? And do you wait for like a group of spots that you could see? Like maybe you could only see 10, 15 spots. Or do you keep circling and wait for someone to go to their car? Yeah, it's kind of like the thing like in the mall where you sort of like you see somebody like walk out of the mall and then you try to follow them to their spot. Like, are you leaving? Can I have your spot? Yeah, so fights ha- really start from there. Like a person sort of like, you know, claiming maybe a whole like patch of the block. And, you know, then somebody else is, you know, drives up behind them and takes the spot. And, you know, I've seen like crazy things going down. You yeah. know, this, there's no joke. The city fighting for parking spots get, can get crazy. No, I hate it. I hate it. It's, it's brutal. It was worth moving out just for that. Yeah. Even in L.A., the parking is bad. Like, I can only imagine how bad it is in Manhattan. Right. But it's valet parking a lot in L.A. Well, there's a lot of well, for one. Do you want to pay for valet parking? Because I feel like uh, if I can afford not to pay for valet parking, I'm going to I'm not I'm going to try to find a spot. Right. And there's also a lot of validating, uh, which doesn't really exist so much outside of L.A. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Also, anyway, so we end up in the confrontation and then Jerry is yelling down uh, to George. And then we see that it's ultimately going to be George and, and Mike. And so they have to decide who is going to break the news to Jerry about the noise in the car. Uh, yeah. And I think, uh, you know, George really, uh, you know, plays this well here that he gets Elaine to do it. Yeah, he gets Elaine to do it, and Elaine does a really good job. Well, I think a too too good of a job, probably. <laughs> yeah. All right. So we go upstairs to go see Elaine, and she like walks in and talks about she. Her first question to Jerry is, uh, "Got any Hennigans?" Uh, I love that the Hennigans comes back. Um, yeah, they've been calling back Hennigans a lot. It's great. Yeah, and I believe that the Hennigans uh, that was from the same episode where Sid was parking the car, right? Yeah, that was from the alternate side. So a lot of callbacks to the alternate side in this episode. And so we end up seeing Elaine like Jerry, like pours like, I don't know how many shots is that into the glass? 
Right, and she and the, she knocks something down so he can be distracted and just spills it right out. Yeah, it's really great. She throws it in the sink, and Jerry is like amazed, and she talks about this story. And in some ways, it's very similar to the story that Jerry tells Elaine about the hit and run that he allegedly got in when the woman uh, bumped into the car and then drove away. Yeah, it is very similar. This is this is you know we get to see everyone sort of like you know weaving like a crazy lie, and this is Elaine's turn. <laughs> Yeah, and really, like, at the heart of it, I feel like, and I don't know if I ever put this together thematically, but a lot of Seinfeld is our heroes making up, like, fantastic lies on the spot. It's true. It almost makes you question everything. Like, did George really go and pull the ball out of the, out of the whale and the marine biologist? <laughs> well, he did have the Titleist. That's true. But, yeah. I mean, he could have just found any golf ball. Or, like, did Kramer really drive the bus while fighting the guy who was robbing the bus? <laughs> yeah. I feel like if we don't see these things happen, I wonder if we can really, uh, you know, take things into account. Like, for instance, like when Elaine talks about when she was driving her boyfriend to the airport and she tells that whole big story about how right. she was driving. Like, did that really happen? Who knows? Right. No one's ever beaten the Van Wick before. But maybe she did beat the Van Wick and she's just lying about it. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> anyway, so she tells the story about how these teenagers in a convertible were chasing them. I mean, just so over the top, but the audience is getting super into the story that she gets like a standing ovation almost for the story. Yeah, she talks about how the car was up on two wheels. Yeah, I mean, so George has been talking about like what a great driver he is. Yeah. Uh, which is funny because the George being a huge liar, like uh, amends that later to, oh, no, I just said I was good at parking. I never said I was great at driving. Yeah. And so finally, after she tells the whole story about how the kids turned around and went back home, then Elaine's like, oh, yeah, by the way, the car is making a noise. And Jerry's like, oh, I'm just happy that you're okay. Yeah, I mean, it was brilliant. You have to give her, you know, maybe she went a little too far, but uh, it was really good. You know, it was good. Yeah. And the audience is like eating it up. Yeah. Anyway, so Jerry yells out the window to George like, oh, my God, those crazy kids, huh? And, and George's like, what? <laughs> and then she's like, uh, what does she say to Jerry to get him to come back in the apartment? Oh, her cuticle. Yeah, she heard her cuticle. Yeah. All right. So um, we end up uh, seeing, uh, you know, Jerry after he yells out there, then Mike is like saying to George, like, oh, you know, Jerry. And George is like fighting with Mike over who knows Jerry better. Yeah, I think uh, George is going to have to take this one in the first round knockout. So finally, we get to the point where Jerry and Kramer are going to also go downstairs. Um, and Akiva, from the first look, this was actually shot differently than any other episode that they had tried before. Yeah, it is very interesting. And, and I've mentioned the audience already a couple of times, and I do think maybe the audience ended up being piped in uh, differently than it is in most episodes. Because um, when they speak to some of the behind-the-scenes people in the first look, they say that they actually um, erected a sort of a mini stands to watch this whole, um, you know, the park, you know, everyone outside by the parking uh, spot. And they said room for a hundred people. Uh, but they also made it seem like people were kind of coming and going, like people would sit for an hour and then go, and then maybe new people would come and watch. That's sort of what was implied. Yeah. What's up with that? Which sounds like a recipe for disaster. I mean, you probably have random tourists who, you know, have never heard of Seinfeld before and, um, it, I mean, they clearly uh, said it did not work and it's not something they would do again. Yeah. Okay. So we get into a lot of uh, George and Mike posturing where uh, Mike tells George that he'll sleep in the car. George tells Mike that he will die out here. 
<laughs> uh, yeah, like who can top this? You know, I mean, but I would always bet on George in a scenario like this mm-hmm, for spite. Now, when Jerry comes downstairs, Mike is like, "Oh my God, hey Jerry, what's going on? What are you doing? You look great." Um, it's odd because I feel like Mike is the phony out of all this. Right. I guess. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mike is a huge phony. You know, he doesn't. And, and, you know, and we see he's a terrible liar. We're going to see a little later. Mm-hmm. But right. He's it's one thing to hate Jerry, but like you should at least, you know, give him the cold shoulder when you're coming. Yeah. Um, Jerry tells uh, Mike that his secret is that he's gone to 25 percent brand flakes. He was up at 40 percent. He's come down to 25 percent. Yeah, I mean, as you you know, I love cereals, so I also am on cereal diets. But twenty five percent brand flakes—that's like, uh, you know, that's a lot of uh, that's a lot of brand flakes. Okay, that's still too much. Twenty five percent. I he, I mean, What's he would spend it, he would spend like fourteen hours a day in the bathroom if that was really his diet. Well, some people eat a hundred percent brand flakes. Like, wait, they only eat brand flakes? That's a diet? I mean, not. Uh, I guess I mean for a cereal diet. I no, mean, I, maybe he meant like 25% of all of his, the food he's intaking is brand flakes. I thought it was 25% of his cereal intake. I get what you're saying makes much more sense. <laughs> <laughs> What's your mix? You mix up the cereals or you go straight with one? I'll mix up cereals in the same bowl. Yeah, no, I do that too. What do you do? Well, I'll try, you know, I'll, I'll try and do like something like a little, you know, sweet and something. I'll, I'll go with like Fruity Pebbles. Uh, and like Honey Nut Cheerios or alcohol. I mean, I, I've mixed terrible, Akiva. I'll mix any combination of cereal. Remember, we've never heard my top 32 cereal rankings. Yes. You know, we, we still have that on the back burner. Okay, but, that'll uh, be after our list. But uh, I have, um, I, you know, I, I've mixed, I probably should make a, a sp- an Excel spreadsheet because I've mixed almost every cereal together. <laughs> okay. Uh, I try to do like I start with like something healthy and then I might put something like uh, like a little bit sweet in there like I do like uh, some sort of like kashi like uh, some something good and then like add in like honey nut Cheerios there but then I'm going to throw in like raisins and like almonds also into that yeah you have to be careful with the raisins not everything goes well with the raisin bran or I, I, I also like a crispix with fruity pebbles that's really good yeah the fruity pebbles is ruining everything I, I, you don't like fruity. What do, what do you think about alphabets? Mm, I don't think I've had an alphabet. I think since 1991. I think this episode has aired since I've had an alphabet. In in high school, we used to tease a kid because he brought alphabets to school every day for breakfast. <laughs> do they even still make that? Uh, they did in you know 1998 or whatever. Okay. But um, but I feel like they still make them. We're just like, why would you buy them? Yeah. But uh, now uh, now I regret teasing him. I should apologize because they're good. <laughs> okay. But you you still eat them, so obviously they still make them, right? I never buy them. Like if I said to my wife, like buy alphabet, she'd be like, okay, but it's, they're not coming home. Okay, all right. So uh, we are getting into the the debate, and Larry David talks about this the inside looks that he really liked having there this be a legitimate argument over should who has the right away here? Is it the person who's backing in or the person who's going in front first? Akiva, do you have a strong take on this? Yeah, well, first of all, Larry has a strong take. He very definitively says at the end of the inside look that George is right here. Yes. Uh, yeah, I think that clearly the person who is backing in is the person whose spot it is. Yeah, I think that, you know, Larry is just, you know, trying to sell us a bill of goods that this is even a fair debate. Like, it's like 99 times out of 100, if not 100 times out of 100, George, it's his spot. Like, there's no debate, I feel like. Right. And the person who's backing in is almost by definition the person who saw the spot first. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I feel like they try to make it seem like it's a fair fight, but it's really not. 
You know, people always talk about having like an app for like open parking spaces. Yeah. But I, first of all, I think it's illegal in New York City. Like people have tried to do it and they get shut down. Why? I'm not sure why it's illegal. Something to do with like it's city property and you can't, pro- I don't know. Um, I'm not sure why, but I, but I, sometimes you'll hear about someone starting an app and then I think like the city nixes it. Okay. But uh, I feel like that would help here. Okay. It certainly would. And so would the app settle uh, disputes between people? Yeah, because you're sort of like, uh, you know, you put your, you know, you maybe do whatever the app does, like you accept the spot. And then when you get in, I mean, obviously this is a horrible idea because like, what if someone doesn't have the app? But then like, you know, and then you click that you have it and like the app is no longer on the app. The spot is no longer open. Okay, got it. Got it. I mean, everyone would need to the entire New York City and everyone who comes to New York City would need to be on in this app. Like there's some kinks like don't, you know, don't buy stock in our company yet, guys. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) <laughs> we'll work, we're working out the details. We're starting the Kickstarter tomorrow. Okay. <laughs> so um, where uh, Elaine tells George that the plan worked, it was a thing of beauty, she says. Yeah. Do you realize like Elaine at no point in this episode has George's back even for one second, even though she was in the car with George? Mm-hmm. No, she does not vouch for him. She's just like, oh, come on. Let's just get over this. She just wants to go Because if she inside. had gotten in Mike's face and Mike doesn't know her, maybe she's like a pretty lady, whatever he wants to, you know, maybe he's more willing to yield to, uh, to Elaine. But she never even takes George's side for a second. Yeah. I mean, had Mike been a smoking pregnant lady, maybe this would have been another story. Elaine uh, would have just killed him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She doesn't really get in Mike's face or anything like that because she can be very intimidating. Yeah. Lane can be scary. Do you notice also that uh, when they're driving earlier, um, George mentions, mentions for the second and final time in the series, his brother, like, his father doesn't pay for parking. His mother doesn't pay for parking. His brother doesn't pay for parking. Mm-hmm. The second time we've heard of uh, George's never seen brother. Maybe his brother paid for parking and they disowned him. <laughs> it's, I listen, Frank Costanza, I, I would expect nothing less. No son of mine is going to pay for parking. You're disowned. It's possible Stella just walked in on on him and he like moved to California. Maybe that's very possible. All right. So, you know, Elaine, they're talking about how it's a genius and uh, it's sort of a reversal from when George says, you know, I can, you know, it can't be imparted my knowledge of parking. Uh, Elaine's gift can't be imparted on George. And now the Kramer gets in the mix and says, you know, thanks a lot for not inviting me to the flea market. His feelings are really hurt. Yeah. And George talks about what? I have to invite every single person I know anywhere I'm going. Do you ever have this problem in life, Rob? Like, you know, you didn't include somebody or they didn't include you or you don't know like where to cut the list off for a party. I think, well, I, I know not to have a party. Um, yes, I have. I have had this of people and, like, uh, like I feel like I'm always having situations where people are mad at me. There's never a situation where I'm mad at somebody else for not being invited somewhere. But I feel like I'm often in the position where people are mad at me for not including them. Right. Well, also probably with your podcast, people are probably like, how come you never invite me on your show or something like that? Yeah. Stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but I will say, and now that you have like a child, once he gets older, you'll have it with like birthday parties and play dates and all sort of things where like, like if I don't invite him to my birthday, why didn't you invite, you know, little Johnny to the birthday party? Yeah, but that's going to be all my wife's pr- problem. Yeah, but it's you're, you trust me, you will hear about it. Uh, <laughs> all right, hopefully we'll be podcasting Arliss by then. I won't have to worry about it. Like, ah, uh, Arliss time. Sorry, hon, gotta go. <laughs> we're, doing, we're doing a triple episode of Arliss today. Arliss is over, but we're just getting started here. Arliss season three, Akiva. 
<laughs> How many seasons of Arliss were there? <laughs> I, I guess like five. Yeah, I mean, at least it's HBO. They usually have very short seasons, so it'll be over just like that. Yeah. Okay. So... Uh, then uh, let's go to uh, Mike uh, making fun of George's hat that he got from the flea market uh, yeah so Mike first of all like he's on the list I know we have a jerk list for like the biggest jerks we've seen so far yeah. and he's definitely not he's not up there with chickless yeah uh, who'd we say is the biggest female jerk we've seen so far <laughs> I think it was the woman was it the woman from the hit and run uh, yeah I believe it was that yeah because yeah because she went crazy at the end so yeah. it was it was her um, but he's really in the top five. Like he is a, you know, he's a total jerk. Yeah, he really is. Um, and they're talking about how they forgot to ask uh, Kramer. And that's the excuse that you're using. Elaine says, hey, look, they forgot the kid in Home Alone. That happened. I love the timely reference here. Yeah. But George isn't going to watch Home Alone up until, what is it, in the Junior Mint, George is watching Home Alone? That's right. So, but I guess he knows, like, it's just from the, the, the trailer, you know that the kid was left home alone. The title's pretty self-explanatory also. Right, yes. I, I think without, just from the poster. It's not like prognosis negative or anything like that, where it's like a really, uh, like, what's it about? Right, I heard some, someone on some show, like, he was like saying, like, oh, yeah, I didn't really understand what your movie was about. He was saying to some, like, director, and he's like, oh, did you see it? He's like, no, but I saw the poster. I'm like, wait, you expected to understand what the movie's about just from the poster? So... <laughs> It's also funny, like they're just putting in Home Alone references, and I guess like in a timely thing, like the show Two and a Half Men ended this week. Yeah, and I know Chuck Lorre, who wrote Two and a Half, who you know created Two and a Half Men and a lot of those like CBS, you know, terrible sitcoms. How dare you? Um, he has a rule that you're not allowed to put timely references in because he wants to keep the show evergreen. Like, yeah, yeah, evergreen for syndication. So it's so funny that like. Seinfeld, like the greatest sitcom of all time, has no problem throwing in like, yes, Home Alone stood the test of time, but like a lot of the things yeah. that they reference don't. Whereas like Two and a Half Men, would, even when it was on, is so profoundly uncool, like, you know, needs to stay current. Yeah, but I do think that in 1992, I don't think that they were writing Seinfeld because as if they thought it was going to have this huge life in syndication. I think that they were more like, you know, hit on the joke that's going to hit you know, now hit on the topical reference because we need to laugh because we got to stay on the air. Of course. That's like obviously the way to do art, like to do it like so we could make more money 15 <laughs> years from now is a horrible way to do it. I'm not criticizing Seinfeld. Yeah. No, I'm but I, I definitely see the Chuck Lorre side of things of like, you know, we want to keep this timeless as opposed to, you right. know, if your show speak. is garbage, you may as well like make it garbage that people can watch forever. <laughs> yeah. I think you're being a little a little too hard on the uh, two and a half men. I, I mean, I think if you want to say it's not uh, it, it's not Seinfeld and it's clearly not. But I do think that uh, like it's not it's not total schlock uh, like it's not are, yes, dear. Yeah. <laughs> there have definitely been some horrible shows that have been, you know, I think that there are some very like th there's a. Uh, some good writing that goes into stuff like that. Like I, no, I, I know. I my wife will watch it and she'll laugh. Do, do, are you like a closet two and a half men fan? Not, Is that no, I don't watch the show, but I am. I uh, like. I have a lot of respect for what Chuck Lorre does, and okay. like, yeah, he no, really listen, he, understands the you know what works and what doesn't work. Rob is angling for a staff writer job. I'm not here. angling for a staff writing <laughs> job, but I also, I defended the Big Bang Theory too on this show. That's right. I still, I, at one point, I will watch one of those episodes. I yeah. keep saying, but I heard the Two and a Half Men finale was horrible. I, I didn't watch it, you know. Uh, I would have liked to have seen it just from a curiosity factor, but, but I didn't Char see it. Supposedly, Charlie Sheen did not show up. Okay. 
All right. Well, that makes sense. Spoiler. Okay. Yes, sorry. <laughs> and we don't worry about see like we don't worry about keeping these podcasts evergreen that you know somebody could listen to this five years from now and be totally like oh they're really talking about two and a half men finale <laughs> listen it's gonna this I hear it dies on the fine these <laughs> podcasts yeah <laughs> <laughs> if not before then yeah <laughs> so all right so uh, George is getting uh, teased uh, about the flea market uh, Elaine cites home alone um, we end up with going to an act break uh, with the ice cream truck guy uh, wanting to come through. He says, hey, you got to move these cars. I got a truck full of ice cream. And we come back from commercial and apparently neutral parties have moved the cars out of the way. Yes. Uh, fun fact about the, um, I, the ice cream guy, the, the truck driver with the ice oh, cream. No, uh, no, no he, I believe he's fine, but he's played by an actor named Michael Costanza. Oh, Jerry's friend in real life. Uh, and, the, you know, the inspiration for George's name. I thought you were going to say that uh, the ice cream all melted. It was such a hot day. Oh, well, that would be a very sad fact. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So now uh, Jerry and George are arguing over whether or not George said he was a good parker or a good driver. Yeah. I mean, this is just George lying because he clearly said, like, I can do things behind the wheel. You don't even realize what I'm doing. You yeah. have no idea. No, he definitely said he, he was a good just driver. said that like an hour ago. Yeah. All right. Here's Sid now. Um, that somebody asked Sid, uh, that, <laughs> do you know, uh, does, does he know what, what's the question that they ask Sid? Um, well, I think they're asking for his opinion on, uh, on, on, you know, basically everyone who comes now is giving their opinion on what's right and wrong. I also like the fact that like they're bringing back sort of their, any like sort of all-star character mm -hmm. for this, uh, you know, on the street, uh, to like see what's going on. Just like having this motley crew of people. Yeah. But they haven't established, like the world hasn't really been established. Like, you know, certainly not George's parents. We barely know Jerry's parents. Like none of those people are just like, or, you know, moseying by. Yeah. So we have Sid the Parker and Newman who we've seen once. Yes. Sid uh, says, uh, I know who I am. Do you know who you are? Yeah, Sid, everyone should have the self-confidence of Sid the Parker. <laughs> yeah. No, but Sid is good in this spot. Is this the last time we see Sid? I believe it is, yes. Oh my God. Uh, so they should have brought Sid back more. I mean, yeah, Sid could have been, you know, he could have been the finale. He could have been, you know, the subject of the finale for sure. Yeah, he just didn't have <laughs> enough of the story about him. I also, I don't, I don't, I, I actually don't know the answer, but I'm not sure. Actually, no, according to um, his bio ends in 1994, but uh, it does not say that he's no longer with okay, us. So, so hopefully he just quit he did, acting. But he did act in 1948, so maybe he was retired, retired. By, by season four. Okay. All right. So George wants to take a stand against uh, the headfirst parking. Um, I like the debate between the old man and the kid also. Yeah. And of course, this kid is, uh, has not been seen before, but he's going to play a crucial role in the non-fat yogurt episode. Yes. When yeah. he uh, curses up a storm. Matthew. Yes. Um, and Jerry asks the kid... How's your father? I heard he's closing the store. Yeah, and I think this is a lesson for life also that just like the less information you give people, I had a boss who always used to say this, like, you know, she, she would say like, I tell people like as little as possible because there's no positive expectation in giving out more information. No one's going to like like you more because you tell them things. It can only backfire on you. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, uh, I so know. like this, Jerry, Jerry should learn from this. Like, don't, uh, <laughs> you know, like don't talk to kids about like stores. Closing. Yeah. But I have the thing in like, like real life conversations and probably in podcast ones too. Like, I feel like I really want to fill the silence. And so I'm just like trying to like come up with conversation things to talk about. Uh, and oh, I do that people, all the time also. <laughs> uh, and, and I, I like inevitably will end up doing something like this. Yes. But that's a unique scenario, but I do agree. Like, it is, I guess, any awkward pause, and even in a real life conversation. That's what I mean. That's what I mean. I do it in real life. Oh yeah, not just yeah. podcasts. You're saying, yeah. okay, yeah. I, I'm, I'm with you. I think that does happen a lot. Sometimes I'll be talking to someone, and I'll be like, "So, uh, you know, I hear you're getting divorced." Not literally, but something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's really terrible. <laughs> uh, see, by the way, when you're in your room all day, you know, or if you're working at home, like these things happen much less. So, yes, it's an endorsement for working at home and never seeing people. Yes. All right. Anyways, so <laughs> the kid like ends up going off the deep end. We're out of money. We don't have any money to buy stuff. Uh, and the mom yells at uh, Jerry, what's the matter with you? But then Kramer uh, really goes out on a limb uh, and congratulates the mom on being pregnant. Do you think this wasn't a thing then? Because obviously now like everyone knows, like you don't tell a woman she's pregnant or ask a woman she's pregnant. Yeah, I don't think Kramer subscribes thing, then? to that. Yeah, I, I think it was a thing. <laughs> well, he may not have known, like Kramer doesn't necessarily know what, what things are things. Mm-hmm. That's right. Um, He's not really like operating on the same social code as we are. All right, so um, this is where uh, Jerry and Elaine uh, are, are talking and we end up uh, getting Elaine's cover story blown. Um, George really caves very easily here, right? I think, you know, this is pretty typical of George that, uh, you know, he will lie. But the second he thinks he's caught, he will admit to it even before he's really been caught. Yeah. Um, We also have Newman weighing in on this. Uh, Newman, um, oddly enough, you would see in later episodes, Newman would certainly have taken Mike's side. But here, Newman is pro, (laughs) is pro George's side. Yeah, this is a shocking baby face turn by Newman. (laughs) Yes. Um, but they asked Newman the question, what if you have 10 car lengths? Right. Cram- I mean, obviously there are George. Yeah. There are scenarios where, you know, the, the, the backer in doesn't, doesn't get it, but, uh, it is, it's, it's, it's almost jarring to see Newman being nice for a split second. Yes. All right. So then once we have Newman established and he can come in and then really screw things up with George, with this woman and, uh, the woman is talking about how, uh, George is wearing a great hat and George is really hitting it off with the woman. Uh, and then Newman wants to try on the hat. Which is fine to ask your friend or your acquaintance to try on their hat, but like, is it's it, a little weird to just grab it off their head. Is it? Uh, what if, what if Newman has lice? I mean, I, I mean, you know, that's like a risk you have to take, like to, you know, to operate in the world. Like you can't say, do you have lice, Newman? I, but so you just have to get lice. Like I'm not into <laughs> hat switching. Um, I, I, I mean, it's the it's same a good thing question. if you like, have you ever had like a drink and somebody says to you, oh, can I have a sip of that drink? And you have to say yes, but then I just don't drink it anymore. Oh, I'm not a germy. So I will, um, like my kid had pneumonia a couple of weeks ago and yeah. I'm like, Oh, we're it's sharing different a cup. It's if it's okay. your kid. Yeah, but it is pneumonia. That's worse than lice. I guess so. But is it worse than herpes? I, right. I mean, I guess obviously like there are lines everywhere. It is, it is, you sound like you're not, a, you are, I guess what they would call like a germy and you're not, 
I mean, would, but let's I'm say not you're wearing a germy. I just don't want to get like any sort of like cold sores and things like that. For and if I, I feel like that would be the worst worst way to get any sort of communicable disease. Like it was, it wasn't even like you were doing anything fun. It's right. like I had a I had a coke. Somebody wanted a sip, and now I have mouth sores. What what if? But I mean, is it any? Is it a stranger? Like, let's say it's a good friend of yours. You still won't share like a, uh, you know a bottle of soda with them if. If you know the if the case arises where they ask you for some, um, oh well, they they have to drink out of the bottle. What, would is will would you let your wife uh, share the same cup of like That's water? Fine. As That's fine. That's fine. Again, that uh, I I I'm pretty sure she's good. Uh, but the, some of these other people, um, I'm trying to remember. Like, and I feel like uh, it, it's like this has happened to me with like a reality star. Like, uh, has mm-hmm. like come up to me and be like, like, hey, can I have can I have some of that drink? And I'm like, uh, I guess so. But you were all like, you were on Survivor. You guys like probably shared uh, one bowl or something. I mean, you're, you were, I don't it's a different story. That's a different story. Um, but so no, all, all etiquette. If you're on a reality television show, all etiquette rules are out the window. Is that what you're saying? No, you know what it is. This is what has happened to me before, where you are with somebody and they're having, they have a drink, and they're like, "Oh, this is so good. Try this. Try this." And they like hand you the cup, uh, and they say like a like a martini or whatever, and they say, "Oh, you gotta try this. You gotta try this." And now they put this, and now what am I? What am I gonna do? I'm sort of like, "Oh, no, 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 no." Um, then you're screwed. You just have to do it. Yeah, I, I feel like, yeah, you don't want to offend the person. I, but the lice is just a stretch. I mean, it, are you assuming that anyone walking down the street has lice? I'm not assuming anybody has lice, but I feel like that's a, a rather sa- safe than sorry thing. Do you think Newman is like, looks like somebody Newman's who has lice? I think a, a good louse candidate, yeah. <laughs> because he's fat? Because he like is, goes to different people's houses every day? Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm, not, I'm not just, I, I don't want to try on other people's hats. I hear. I feel like lice is usually for people with long hair. Okay. Um, you know, little kids. Yeah. Well, that's a pain in the uh, you know what to get the lice out. Oh yeah, it's a nightmare. Supposedly, it's like. Yeah. Uh, did you have to do lice checks uh, in school every year? Yeah, they used to have to do one. Yeah. And yeah, in camp it was terrible. Also, and like if you have lice, you have to stay in the infirmary. I know. Uh, who wants that to let somebody try on a hat? Well, I mean, I guess that's one of the good things about me going bald. Like, I, I probably won't have lice. Yeah. All right. So uh, the woman gets totally turned off when George uh, doesn't let Newman try on the hat. Um, all right. So finally, uh, Jerry calls out Mike about being a phony. Right. I mean, you know, Jerry couldn't. Remember, this whole episode happens in like almost in real time. It's like 45 minutes the whole episode. Um, so like Jerry literally couldn't keep his mouth closed for, you know, one afternoon. Yeah. Um, it gets dark at this point. It's sort of odd in the episode, but I guess that they helped. Uh, they felt like it helped uh, make it feel like there was a passage of time because they were shooting outside. Right. It, right. It physically, um, it, it, right. By the, by the last two scenes in the episode, it is like get much darker. It looked like it was the middle of the day during the episode, which is a little weird. Cause like very, I can't, I don't remember any boxing matches ever happening in the middle of the day. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it was the summer. Maybe it was like, it was like June, the 10th and um the, the boxing match or, you know maybe it was like april may like the days are getting long boxing match was coming on at like seven eight o'clock 
It's funny also, like, that's one thing that's kind of, like, not timely, is the idea of, like, a bunch of guys just, like, getting around, you know, hanging out for a boxing match. I feel like that's pretty infrequent nowadays. I mean, I feel like you still could do it on pay-per-view. Uh, I mean, I know that uh, the, you know, the, there's upcoming fights are, like, $100. I feel like that's, like, you know, everybody throws in, like, 20 bucks. Right. I mean, UFC, maybe, has just kind of supplanted them a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. It's not Mayweather-Pacquiao. No, well, Mayweather Pacquiao was like a once-in-a-generation event. I, I mean... Oh, Mike Maffa's coming over. Who's coming over? Mike Maffa. Oh, for Mayweather Pacquiao, Maffa's coming over. Yeah, he's coming over. We're trying on He's hats. not coming over for some, like, sharing fight. drinks. Yeah, it's going to be great. I wouldn't, invite, I wouldn't invite Mike over. Yeah, he's parking out front. <laughs> All right, so this was very funny, I felt like, the whole thing about, um, you know, Mike tries to say that uh, when he said that Jerry was a phony... Uh, he meant it in a good way. It was complimentary phony. Right. Like, I mean, because then, it, like, he says, like, bad is good back then. Yeah. Right. And I think people used to say, like, sick in the 90s, and that was a good thing. Yeah, bad is good. And so, um, Jerry tells him, use it in a sentence. And I love the sentence that he comes up with. What, what is the sentence he says? He says, Michael Jordan is so phony. Yeah, man, that Michael Jordan so phony. <laughs> That's great. And he, right, even like while he's saying it, he's like, oh yeah, this is not happening. Yeah. No one is buying it. All right, so now here come the police and one of the police officers says that George is right, move the other car. And the other police officer says that uh, Mike is right. And then ultimately, Jerry goes upstairs and turns on the end of the boxing match. And is that Larry David who's calling the the boxing match? Yes, Larry David is the boxing announcer here. <laughs> yeah. All right, and that's the, the end of the parking space. Right, so we never find out who gets the spot. No. No, it's just left up to, you know, we can only assume that, you know, uh, maybe that's why it would have been a good cliffhanger that all summer, uh, George and Mike could have been fighting. <laughs> that would be amazing. Spot. Yeah, that would actually be really funny. But um, the truth is they no longer, once the match is over, they no longer have a need to be at Jerry's house. So it's possible they just both leave. Yeah, Mike just leaves. They agree to, to go away. Yeah. Um, so that's, uh, that's the parking space. And then we get a little bit of uh, stand up, more stuff talking about parking spaces. Uh, yeah, I mean, this episode does ring true. Like, it is something you worry about constantly if you have a car in Manhattan. Um, but I feel like after this, they go away from parking spaces for a while because it is very New York-centric, and I'm not sure how many people care about it. Yeah. All right. So, uh, Kiva, let's just talk about, uh, we talked about the, the app that you want to invent. That has not been invented. So this episode probably would not take place in 2020 uh, after we get our app company off the ground. Uh, anything else that you would change from this episode other than you say that people wouldn't watch a boxing match? I mean, they might watch a boxing match. It just, it seems like less of a, like it might, they may have switched it in 2015 just to a regular football game or something. Although I guess the football game can't end suddenly. So it still probably has to be something. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that, that, uh, isn't time set, you know, isn't time bound. Okay. Um, and then other than that, I mean, the driving stuff, basically, I mean, people still go to flea markets, the driving stuff basically, uh, you know, holds up. So I, I don't think this is a particularly, um, you know, uh, like an episode that, uh, that doesn't, that doesn't hold up in terms of the stuff that's going on. Okay. What about the ranking for this episode? Okay. So the ranking for the parking space I mean, this episode is harmless, right? Yeah. But it's also, there's no great lines. There's not even like any very good lines. It's also like a little weird, like the whole thing is kind of just happens like very quickly. There's not really like, there's no peak to the episode. There's nothing like that really stands out. Uh, And most of the recent episodes have been pretty good. So uh, um, I actually have the parking space at 146. 
146. Yeah. I'm not going to fight you on that. I think that that's probably uh, probably fair. I yeah, there's definitely there's definitely been worse episodes. Like it's not boring, but it's not like oh, now that you've seen this, you're not going to like watch it again if it comes on TBS later at seven yeah. and a half times faster. <laughs> there's some good <laughs> this is some good moments, but yeah, uh, this is not one that I'll, I'm going to you know go to the mat for. Right. Okay. Uh, by the way, um, I got some bad news. Uh, Eighty episodes of Arliss. Oh my god! How many seasons? <laughs> Uh, oh, um, I think like six. Six seasons. Wow. Okay. Uh, could we get Robert Wall to come in and, and do the show with us? Like every episode or once? Every episode. Probably. I'll do it if Robert Wall and Sandra O oh are in. I'm not a big... Oh, it's seven seasons, by the way. I'm not a big Sandra O oh fan. No. We'll save I her like, for the Grey's Anatomy recap. Uh, um, no, thanks. I've never seen Grey's Anatomy, actually. No, you're not missing much. Okay. Yeah. I've never seen any of the Shonda Rhimes shows. Okay. Um, all right. Well, that I'm not going to uh, go to bat for either. All right. Uh, let's talk about uh, your emails. Every week we take your emails. Seinfeld at postshowrecaps.com. Uh, let's start off with one. Here is one uh, from, uh, this is from Gopal. Gopal. Uh, it says, Robin Akiva, great show. Long time, first time. I think myself lucky for stumbling onto your podcast and my favorite TV show when you first started and loved the 30 plus episodes so far. I must say this week's uh, letter and next week's parking space are two less memorable episodes for me. I eagerly await season four. Up here, I'm already there. By the way, nice. did you guys pick up a uh, button fly as the hashtag? When I looked uh, for this, I found hundreds of tweets for Levi's jeans. How about that, Akiva? So uh, we really uh, have a lot of people uh, listening to the podcast, apparently. Yeah, I think he meant hundreds of, of tweets for, for the actual Levi's jeans, not oh. for the button fly jeans. Oh, okay. Um, did you guys see that Neil Patrick Harris uh, talked to a seat filler at the Oscars? All I could think about was where's Kramer? Uh, yeah, Summer at George, Scarsdale Surprise. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, so uh, let's, uh, let's take another one. Uh, this is from Amir. This is in regards to last week's show uh, on the letter and said that down in Philly uh, and the fans are notorious for being the worst and they were uh, standing around in Mets gear. A Phillies fan turned to us and yells, hey, what are you guys, gay? <laughs> At that point, uh, we decided just to answer that yes, we're a couple and ask whether he has an issue with that. Uh, and the guy was really embarrassed and didn't say a word to us the rest of the game. Yeah, I like the fact that like even though there's like all these goons in Philadelphia, like they're not they're like homophobes enough to like insult you by calling someone gay, but like not enough that they like if you they if you say like you are, they're not going to harass you for it. Yeah. I like like the like the heckler didn't have like he had a line that he wouldn't cross. Yeah, I like that. I like that turning turning it around uh on that guy. Say like, "Yeah, we we are we are gay." Yeah, that uh so you not must that there's be anything wrong with that. Yeah, no, of course there's nothing wrong with it. What is everything right is right with it? And you are uh, homophobic, sir. And so you really turn it around on them. I guess, but when you and your wife get yelled at at Dodgers games, you can't pull that stuff. Yeah, I don't know uh, what we would have to be able to pull. Um, hmm, that's a good, that's a good question. We, that maybe people could write to us and tell us what a couple could do. Okay, so um, other than to say like, oh, I have a terminal illness. Like, oh, okay, sorry about but that. But you're just like telling yeah. him random life facts? Like, yeah. if he says like, I hope you die, you could say like, yeah. well, I have like, well, I've illness. only got, <laughs> the guy said, hey, uh, you got a problem, buddy? He's like, yeah, well, I've only got a week to live. So I'm, I'm, you know, taking the, the bull by the horns, sir. Like, this is not my wife. My wife's in a coma. Oh. 
<laughs> also about last week, uh, or, or sorry, turning to this week, uh, this is from Amir. Uh, the mother and son that the gang runs into, uh, they're going to be known as the wife and son from the non-fat uh, yogurt shop in season five. I wonder if Kramer mistakenly thinks she's pregnant because she puts on a few pounds uh, eating what she thinks is non-fat yogurt. Yeah, I mean, this is, uh, listen, Amir is thinking way ahead here. Like if, if, the, if the writers really were thinking about a plot in an episode two seasons from now, like uh, kudos to them. Yeah. Also, Amir says, uh, and perhaps George's theory of why should I pay when if I apply myself, maybe I can get it for free. Maybe that's why Keith Hernandez asks friends to move. It's not a money thing. It's a matter of principle. Yeah. Listen, nobody in the Costanza family has ever or will ever pay for parking. Yeah. I did pay for movers uh, in my recent move. Well, but you said you don't have any friends. Like, who would you have asked? <laughs> yeah. I would Just have to, random. Yeah. Would you have asked like random people on the street? Yeah, like, people I don't mind? know that well. Yeah, I would ask the podcast listeners just to show up. Uh, but you could have gotten people to help you, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> no question. All right. Uh, Johnny DeSilvera wants to know, um, uh, put me down as uh, one person who would pull in head first if there's enough space, but I would yield to someone who is parallel parking. Listen, he's a, he's a nice Canadian. He's <laughs> not going to get into a fight. Yeah. Um, also, Johnny wants to know, is it true that anywhere in New York on the street you could park for free? In downtown Vancouver, you have to pay everywhere, but in the suburbs, uh, you're good for uh, parking anywhere. So is is there a lot of meter parking in Kiva, or is it a lot of just spots uh, where you just park? There's not a lot of meter parking. There's a lot of like super complicated signs where there's like literally five signs on top of each other, and like the rules limit, you know, basically eliminate parking all 168 hours of the week, but you have to read through all of them. It's like no parking Sunday to Friday or Saturdays between the hours of like midnight and then midnight again. Um, so there's like a lot of signs and a lot of rules, but for the most part, it's like alternate side. Like you can't, you know, you have to move every Monday and every Thursday morning or every Tuesday and every Friday morning. All right. One last email. This one's from Chester wants to know, uh, my question is why did Elaine who's previously established as a bad liar suddenly claim she has a gift made no sense why George would choose her over himself when it comes to making up a story. Also, her story is perfectly mirrors Jerry's story from just two weeks ago. Uh, and they make no explicit callback to that. But how could Jerry be expected to believe a lie from Elaine that was just so similar to the lie that he had told her himself? It's a fair point. Yeah, you made this point uh, also. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, it's a good question. I mean, again, these people, like, they're such big liars that uh, I don't like I don't know if their lie detectors as strong as their like capacity of lying. Mm -hmm. I think that Elaine didn't have anything else to do in the story. I think they needed to throw Elaine a bone. I think it was too much for uh, George to have the parking space thing and also to be lying uh, to Jerry about the pothole thing. Yeah, but I would say like Elaine is probably the best liar we've seen so far. Like this is pretty solid. Yeah. So it was a good job. She did a good job. But yeah, it's still not her strong suit. She's a good actress, this Julia Louis-Dreyfus. I bet she'll go far in life. Yes. Okay. All right. Akiva, what's coming up next week? All right. So next week is the true season finale for season three, The Keys. Jerry uh, revokes key, key privileges from Kramer, and Kramer ends up going to LA. Yes. Okay. Um, Akiva, I have an idea I want to pitch you and the listeners. Yes, okay. I'm very interested. I know it's a two-part episode uh, coming up, so maybe this is not the right time to do it, but 
Should we do something special in should like instead of going right in from season three to season four, should we do some sort of uh, something different, sort of like a palate cleanser in between season three and season four, whether it's either Seinfeld related or not Seinfeld related uh, as sort of like this is like the time to catch our breath and refresh for the one episode that's going to be in between? Or should we just go season three and then boom, next podcast is season four? I mean, I would also, I think it's a really good idea. I was thinking of something for, similar. Yeah, for instance, to, like hypothetically, it's just not a, 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 like if we did in between season three and season four, uh, Akiva's 32 serials uh, podcast. Like, should that be what we do? Or do we go right from season three into season four? I mean, I like that idea, but I also would say, I think the 32 serials specifically might not hold up as a full podcast. I'm just using it as a placeholder. I know, I know, I know. But maybe people could also, if they like the idea, submit um, ideas for the one-off podcast. Yes, give us some ideas. Um, you know, maybe it's uh, like the, you know, top 10 moments from season three. Maybe it's something like, maybe it's some sort of like season three uh, recap or go right into season four. I, I would like to know can the it, feedback from you guys. Can it be not really Seinfeld related at all? Just something that we've like, sp- it could not be that we really we do it. It could be. It could, we, do an, it, it could be an Arliss podcast. It could be. It could be. I mean, it's an, not going to be. <laughs> it could be an Arliss season one recap. It could be whatever we want. Uh, but I really would love to hear from you guys what you would like to see us do in between. So of course you can email us and we'll talk about this. We'll hash this out on the show next week. Seinfeld at post show recaps. You can also leave us feedback on our show page at postshowrecaps.com. And it would be super great if you could subscribe to the podcast uh, and never miss an episode of our Seinfeld post show recap. If you go to postshowrecaps.com slash Seinfeld iTunes. Yeah. And Rob, I guess since we're at the very end here, um, I know you're a big Survivor fan. I am. And um, I try and convince my friends who don't watch or haven't watched in season one to watch Survivor, the premiere of which is uh, tonight, but I guess we'll have already premiered by the time people hear it. And um, the two guys who emailed in tonight, I was trying to talk them into watching Survivor today. How would you recommend best uh, sort of selling someone and watching one episode and giving Survivor a, a try? I would tell somebody who is not a Survivor fan that, uh, first off, you can jump in anytime on Survivor. And I feel like Survivor is the best of all that TV has to offer. Uh, you have, um, you know, great drama, certainly, on Survivor. But it's also like watching sports. You know, you have, like, competitions, and then you have, like, uh, the drama of the thrill of these competitions, uh, which is ultimately happening. Um it's sort of like a, like a sports season in the fact that it's sort of like a, you know, three month campaign. And at the end of it, you're going to have a winner. Uh, you have great characters. You have sort of like water cooler moments that are going to happen. And I think that at its heart, I think that survivor is a beautiful game in that it so closely mimics, uh, in, you know, situations that we have in our everyday life. I think that, you know, everybody is in all these groups and societies and uh, all sorts of different like workplace politics. And there's so many things on Survivor that very closely emulate things that we encounter each of us in our everyday lives. And there's something to uh, that's that's really interesting to see how people handle these uh, very uh, diverse and stressful situations. All right, that was a little more articulate than I was expecting, but that was good. But I think also people fear that it's like they hear reality TV and they think like the Kardashians. Whoa, it's not a Kardashians. I mean, what are you going to do? Um, it's 
you know, it's very, it's for the most part, you have like some very smart people. You have some very dumb people and, and people are going to, you know, you're watching human beings, uh, fight for scraps of food and a million dollars at the same time. You know, it's very compelling. Uh, yeah. I mean, I obviously co-sign, but, uh, hopefully yeah. someone listening will, uh, will take our word for it. Yeah. And if you don't watch it, you know, that, you know, eh, we'll miss you. You know, what are you going to Our do? life is fine. Our life is our fine. Our life is fine. Our life is fine. We have our list. We have 80 episodes of our list to get through. That's right. And, and you know, ultimately, uh, you know, the it's more for, more for us. Yeah. All right. Akiva, we'll be back next week. Uh, the hashtag for this podcast is what? Oh, that's right. I mean, can we go all, totally off the board and just say like our list podcast? Or? <laughs> let's keep it somewhat uh, Seinfeld okay, related. So yeah, let's keep it related to the episode. Um. That's a good question. I mean, you could do like, you know, something like backing in versus, uh, you know, front. <laughs> yeah. but I, I don't know. All right. Let's do that. Ha- hashtag, if you're, if you're in favor of backing in, use hashtag backing in. If you're in favor, in favor of head first, uh, use that. Sounds good. Okay. Uh, thanks again to Mike Moore, who writes our recaps every week. And thanks to Scott St. Pierre, who does the editing on the Seinfeld Post Show recap. Akiva, great job as usual. And we'll be back uh, next week. Looking forward to hearing what you guys have to say in the comments. And uh, take care, everybody. Bye. 